MDN TV, the podcast. Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable choice. It's sundown. The day has just begun. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Yes. <laughs> this is MDN Shows Running With The Times, only on MDN TV, the podcast. And I am Major Daughter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all our listeners and viewers around the world. Meet us in the comments. We are live there. Engage, ask questions, share this podcast, share this program. Tell your friends to tell their friends it's happening right now. And if you have not subscribed yet, Yet. What are you waiting for? Because this is the hottest show on the planet. And we bring you some of the hottest gas available or around on the planet. And today, today, and the issue of vaccines, there are three organizations that have come together and they're saying, stop the shots. Have you taken a shot? What is your story? What is is a story of those around you have taken shots or have not taken shots. How are they treated around the communities where you live or where they live? What is your own story around the COVID-19 vaccine? Do you know? I'll tell you why I'm asking that. Because these three organizations in South Africa are taking the government to court to say, stop the shots. They want the government to stop the shots and stop the shots now because they say the COVID-19 vaccines are harmful to people. And they've been at this. They've not been heard. So now they're turning to the courts. And one of the questions that I really get to ask myself is, are the courts or have the courts been really helpful on this? I mean, not long ago, the... The, the minister was asked to reveal or divulge and bring out every single document of the minutes that guided them to take the kinds of decisions they took during the hard lockdowns and the hardest of lockdowns. They have not complied. She has not complied. How long will such things continue? And why are we not asking Questions like, why is the minister and her department refusing to comply with a court order? They are currently in contempt of court. If you are not in South Africa, you may be thinking, what are you on about? Well, you've got to really follow this on because this is not just going to end here. This is a worldwide thing. This, this is international. So I want you to tell your friends to tell their friends to jump in right after this. MDN TV, the podcast. 
Be abreast with now. Never miss a thing with MDN TV, the podcast. We love to keep you in the present with diverse goodies from secular and non-secular subjects of global interest. Join us. Grab more from these series. Listen to our podcasts. The undeniable well, choice. The undeniable choice for today is indeed Ricky Erasmus and Dr. Robert. Look, they are urging uh, the government and the court to, they want to interdict the government from urging South Africans to be vaccinated and the distribution thereof. They join me now. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Major Daughter <laughs> and viewers and listeners. Good morning, Major Daughter and to your viewers. Thank you. Please Fine take enough. this opportunity to really tell our viewers and listeners, and I'll start with you, um, uh, Ricky. You have been at this, and you are not a first time on MGN TV. You have been at this for a while. Tell everyone why are you here, and I'll also give um, Dr. Robert to follow right along. Okay. Thank you, um, Major Daughter. Yes, um, you know that I have been involved in this COVID issue since the start of lockdown. And when the vaccines came out, just shortly thereafter, I registered COVID Care Alliance because I realized that the public is going to need a lot of help and um, I need a vehicle to help them. Now, all this time, since March of 2021, um, when the jabs came out, um, we realized that it's, it's a huge danger to the public and um, we've been threatening and planning to, to stop this, but you need the evidence, you need the experts, you need money. And um, unfortunately, all my calls for doctors to come forward with their data of their patients and the injuries they suffer as a result or after they've received one or other of the jabs and um, never came forward. And then all of a sudden on the 27th of November, Dr. Van Oosthuizen contacted me and asked me if I will help because he cannot stand it any longer to see the suffering of his patients. And he believed to keep quiet is um, against his um, ethical and moral um, dispensation. And he, he believes that we must stop this shots now because every day that it continues, people are dying, people are suffering, not only health-wise, but, but also financially, because their entire livelihoods are affected by what happens to most of them after yes. having received the jab. So we then started, I immediately jumped in and I said, yes, this is what I was waiting for. I was waiting for the evidence from the experts, from the doctors, frontline doctors, GPs like Dr. Repiti, Dr. Van Westdays and Marie Willifee from the Cape, um, Dr. Anton van Rensburg, Sandra Buerta, Doris Becker, all those doctors who came forward. And um, we brought, we, we drafted the, 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 the application and we filed the application for an interdict in the Pretoria High Court on the 5th of January, 2023. 
we worked right through the December holidays. Um, it was a it was a real um, <laughs> it was a big issue to get everybody to work together because we are scattered all over South Africa, and um, we had to rely on mail on um, couriers and phone and Zoom, etc., to consult and to get all the paperwork ready. So yes, we filed our application on the 5th of January, and um, the application, as you stated, was brought by three non-profit companies, COVID Care Alliance, Transformative Health Justice, and Free the Children, Save the Nation. And the application is brought against the state president in his official capacity and in his personal capacity, the Minister of Health, also official and in personal capacity, the um, Acting Director um, of the National Department of Health, um, SAPRA, and the National Treasury. So yes, and now we are at uh, the 31st of January, and yesterday we filed an application for an unopposed motion date because the uh, respondents failed to file their answering papers in time. And um, now we must see what's going to happen. Wow, wow, wow. But let's come to Dr. Uh, Robert. Please uh, tell us how do you come in in all of these? These are three organizations who are saying no government needs to stop um, encouraging South Africans to take the vaccines and they should also stop the distribution and this interdict should remain in place. Dr. Robert? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, my, my involvement in this is that I see myself as an expert in terms of COVID. And then the thing is, one I need to clarify with your viewers what an expert is. An expert is really not somebody who's got degrees, credentials, and comes from a special university. And my definition is what Einstein would say. Books can teach you a lot, but they, but they cannot compare with experience. Now, I believe an expert is somebody who's got the knowledge who yields the results. If a, if a PhD has knowledge that doesn't work, and I, without a PhD, has a knowledge that works, then I'm the expert. And I've been working with COVID from the time I was discharged from hospital with a heart attack, and I felt this was a challenge for the medical profession to fight this virus. I listened to mainstream media, our professor, and I believed them that this was a dangerous disease until I got stuck into it and I started reading alternative media, and I discovered mainstream media was bought off and lied to, uh, lying to the public en masse. And so was many of our uh, professors were captured and conflicted and they weren't giving us the truth. I delved deep into this. I did a lot of research and I, I don't think I spent as much time on any other subject in medicine as I've done in COVID. If it was, you know, um, we, we don't get taught much about immunology and about vaccines. I don't think we even spent one day or any, a couple of hours. All we told is, use these and um, these are the schedule for vaccine use them we never taught what vaccines really are and how they made and this is a new type of vaccine and uh, where i really got involved is when i started treating patients i i as a doctor i i would not agree with the who which said oh you you there's no treatment number one and you must send them home till they get blue in the face and if they're half dead send them to hospital 
I did the contrary. In fact, I was encouraging patients to come into my rooms immediately that they had signs because I was I believed in early treatment. Just for your listeners out there to know what I'm talking about. When you go to a cancer as a female, where you go to a doctor with a lump in your breast, the doctor doesn't look at you and say, oh, it's too small now. Come in about a year's time when it's nice and big. And by that time, it's too late. And this is what the doctors were doing and the hospitals and state hospitals were doing. And they're guilty of genocide. Because the dictum in medicine is you pick it up early, you treat early. Then what is prophylaxis? When they tell you, you know, you've got to do all the things, precautionary, eat the right food, do the exercise. They don't tell you, wait till you get your diabetes, you're half blind. And uh, well, well, I gained a lot of confidence this during meeting the COVID, a uh, Delta strain. That is when I came into my, into my metal. Uh, I treated 1,000 patients in about two months. 11, with, the latest. With people with oxygen Hopefully it'll be done before that. As low as that. And it didn't matter. Uh, the inquiry they, they resumes age, at 11. Two years old, right up what until we felt was lean and the very obese. And I got them all better. This stuff about saying, oh, you're overweight and so on, uh, uh, didn't work with me or that you had serious cardiac problems. Uh, and so I got, gained a lot of experience. And that told me one thing. If they, The reason they introduced this vaccine, you listeners need to understand this. This is what the legal premises what would be for us to argue it. The only way you're going to say that you, the, you need a vaccine is A, that COVID is a serious disease. That's absolute rubbish. COVID is not a serious disease as diabetes is. If you've got treatment no, for it, then no disease is serious. And I've, I've treated the most severe strain, and that is Delta strain. I had a 99.995.5 patients of the 1,000 survived. The five that died came to me too late. Now, that's mm. a fantastic record. So I felt, now the argument that they use that there's no treatment, people were dying, which is a lie, because the 5 million that died during the, the Wuhan strain when it started, when, were not proven that they died because of COVID. If you died of a, in a car accident, you died of a coma of, from diabetes. And if you tested positive for COVID, they said you died of COVID, which is a blinking lie. They must prove to us that those 5 million deaths was due to COVID. There's only one way you really die of COVID, mainly through a pneumonia. I've treated several of them. The other one is probably a, a stroke because it's a clotting disease. So that figure of 5 million is an absolute lie. They used it to prove the point that it's a dangerous disease. They went en masse and they went on this propaganda thing. But really, they've done a study from one of these Stanford universities showing that the figures that they gave in, in, in 2020 was incorrect. It was probably a fraction of what it was. So there was no need for this pandemic. There was no need for these lockdowns. There was no need for these, these scare tactics. I felt at that point I had proven that there is treatment. And so if there is treatment, it would stand to reason you don't need a vaccine. But they kept on refusing or acknowledging that there was treatment. Well, I, ma'am, I've got about 500 videos recorded of successful treatments of patients that were very ill. So, I, so that argument saying that it's a serious disease and that there's no treatment is bollocks. We're hoping that the court will give us this evidence. I know that there's a lot of experts talking, but very few have my kind of experience and, an, and a Dr. Chetty. We were the frontline guys. We've hardly had any deaths. And during Omicron 1 and 2 and 4 and 5, there were no deaths. No deaths, because it was a self-limiting disease. It was not serious. It spread 
and Sweden gave up on locking down because they said, we can't beat this virus. And what happened? There was no deaths. We had natural immunity. They keep lying and saying there's no natural immunity. So we don't have any medical experts in by way of credentials and titles. I'm afraid many of them that we, they, we I don't want to mention their names, are all uh, conflicted. They are getting funds from, from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Big Pharma. I don't know how many of your listeners know that the FDA is funded to the tune of 75% by Big Pharma. Now, if you have a public uh, health association that's in the interest of the public, how can you have them oversee Big Pharma when most of their money comes through them? These vaccines that they approved were not tested by the FDA. They're supposed to do it independently. They took the studies from Pfizer. I'm not going to labor the point, but Pfizer lied to the, to the public. They didn't do these studies properly. In one year, they didn't do it. And I think the Pfizer rep themselves admitted onto the EU parliament when she was asked, did you test this vaccine for transference? She said, oh, frankly, yes. we didn't have the time. So if it's coming from the horse's mouth that we did not test it, who is Abdul Karim to say this is safe for Professor Mahdi? The, the manufacturers themselves are saying we didn't test for transference. And I can go on about it. The people who got the vaccines the people in the UK, we don't mm. have that many people vaccinated. We must look at the Western countries who've been highly vaccinated. I'll have you know, ma'am, and your viewers, that 85% of the people who got the boosted vaccine were the ones who were admitted to hospital not with COVID, not the unvaccinated. Those that were admitted with COVID were, were triple boosted and four times boosted. And, and you know, so I, I've read a lot about it. I may not be a virologist, I may not be an, an uh, immunologist, but I made it my business to study it, and I, I can give as good as it takes. So I'm prepared to go on any platform and challenge them wherever they want to. And that is how I'm linked with, with Ricky and them. Ricky and them are the legal people, I'm the medical side, and I've got the research to back. I'm not speaking out of my nostrils. I, I would not do that. And I'm here in this situation because of my abiding oath that I took to serve and save people it is, it is absolutely criminal. Uh, you heard a clip of, of a man who was told in hospital that uh, we, we don't treat old people. And yet I treated 90-year-old people. I got the confidence. So somebody is guilty of genocide. And I, I want to see justice done. South Africans in the world have been dis, disappoint, disappointed. We're, we're let down. And Big Pharma had too much of a role. We have no say. I mean, the thing is, where on earth does a doctor not have a right to tell his patients about the side effect of a drug? I don't know. I, I think I need to let your listeners know that this COVID vaccine coming even from the Pfizer data, which was going to be withheld for 75 years. Why do you withhold information that's so vital for 70 years, five years? Because you got something to hide. If you had something positive, you'll want to come out with the first day. But the, the U.S. court came out very Clearly, the judge said he wants those papers released within a year. 5,000, 10,000 for the first month, and eventually 55,000. And it came out there were 1,293 uh, deaths, and there was over 1,200 side effects, and the majority of them were severe. There was 70 deaths. The, the actual science is that if you, if you have a trial, any drug, or even if it's tested and tried, if you have 50 deaths, you stop that trial. I mean, we had swine flu in 1979. It was not a serious disease, but they had one death out of 100,000. They stopped it. In, in 1999, the rotavirus, 
that one case of what's called intersusception, where the intestines folds up into the other, and, and it was one in 10,000. They stopped it. Here, with, in, 19, in 2022, we have one in 800 adverse events, and the government wants to go and propose it and promote it. And, and that, that is wrong. It should have been stopped. And besides, this vaccine was done for the Yuan strain, for the Alpha strain. Those strains are gone. Now we've got uh, 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 strains that have mutated. The Delta strain was 100 times more virulent. It, it was 100 times more infectious. It did not work. In places like Gibraltar in, in Israel, they found that the, even though they were double-vaxxed, those were the people, 80% of them were getting reinfected, proving that the vaccine didn't work. But in South Africa we, and the rest of Africa, the vaccine rate was about 6%. We hardly had any deaths. If you look at it, you'll find right now, if you, you go onto a site, I'm going to tell your listeners what they should go to. It's called My World in Data. Go to that. Have a look at the number of deaths currently due to COVID, and you'll find the maximum number of deaths are in the highly vaccinated countries. So it's, and, and the least in Africa. So we've got 6% vaccination. We've got the least deaths. America, Japan has got 80%. Japan, incidentally, is the most boosted country, 132%. But 80% of the people getting infected with, with Omicron are, are the vaccinated, proving that the vaccine doesn't work. My point here is that the current strain that we have is called Kraka. It's actually from a space book, you know, it's from a children's book to make it look dangerous. Kraka is the variant of Omicron 5. It's nothing worse than a cold. I haven't seen anything of this. When you have something as light as a cold, for heaven's sake, you will not take a vaccine that has so many side effects and that is ineffective. I think your listeners ought to know this vaccine can lead to vaccine-induced AIDS. It is well known. In Germany, they did a study showing that those people that were boosted had a decreased CD4 count as bad as HIV. The difference with HIV, you can get the pathogen with your antivirals. In this case, you got attacked that spike protein. So many of them are in the, in the throes of dying. And we're seeing an increase in cancer. You were asking me, why is that? Because our body's immune system is dwindling. People are getting literally, you know, the vaccine's immunity is down to, to zero. I mean, so they are open. That is why we're seeing an increase in shingles. We're seeing an increase in chickenpox. We're seeing an increase in herpes zoster, fungal infections. And so what will happen eventually? And it has been shown. I think the best data come from the Office of National Statistics that, that shows that um, people's uh, immune system is dropping drastically. The mm. other thing we need to take note of is the excess deaths. I just had a thing about the pilots. In, 19, in, in 2019, there was one death amongst the pilots in the airlines. In, in, in 2020, that is when it was COVID, there were six deaths. But in 2021, there was 111 deaths. The only thing that's missing in this equation is the vaccine. They keep saying, oh, you've got to prove it. Yeah, we can prove that the vaccine caused myocarditis. For those people who say there's no proof, they just don't want to read. They're talking rubbish. Uh, Shukarat Bhakti, and, and a, a German pathologist, did the study with autopsies. I challenge anybody who says it's not been done, go do the autopsy. Ashim Malotra, the guy that is so famous, he had his dad's autopsy done, and they found spike protein and inflammation that points to the vaccine. 
And this vaccine is not a vaccine, it's biotechnology. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a bioweapon. It doesn't obey the principles of a vaccine. It goes wherever it can get into your body. They've done rat studies, and within 16 hours, it goes to every organ of your body. And ideally, this uh, the your your body should stop this virus, or the, the, the vaccine, within about two hours or within a day. But they found these spike protein in the rat studies in organs throughout the body after about six to 16 days, and they stopped it. So they didn't even continue to see how far much further. And the problem here, ma'am, is that young people, young, young children are getting it. For heaven's sake, they've got ovaries. They found there was antibodies to the semen of the of the males. What does that tell you? That's they're going to get, the males are going to get sterile. What about the ovaries? They found sixty percent accumulates on the ovaries. They were getting menstrual irregularities. I've had three patients alone that lost their babies in the first trimester. In the Pfizer data itself, there are thirty-two patients which they followed up, and of that 22, uh, 32 pregnant women, twenty-eight lost a baby. That's eighty-five percent evidence of. Of, of uh, miscarriage in, in, in the first trimester. And our nerds can, Professor Karim, go and say it's safe for the vaccines. They did not do any studies really on pregnant women. It was excluded in the Pfizer trial. And on they only did it on rats. They did it about 40 rats. And one of them had uh, abnormalities. That should tell them that it was not safe. You do not do studies. Like, you do not do them on rats. you you, you got to do it on uh, you know, the three-phase study. Now we're out of the, uh, the epidemic, the pandemic. Nobody's dying. Why are we using an emergency use operation? I need to inform you that Deborah Bush is, is the second to Dr. Fauci was advisor to President Trump. She was asked in a U.S. Senate meeting, did you know whether these vaccines were going to work? And these were our answers. I'm going to paraphrase. Frankly, Senator, we didn't know. We were hoping that it worked. Now, for a scientist, that's absolute rubbish. you got to give the you got to give the, or your your citizens, 340 million people, the truth. You got to test it. You don't make them guinea pigs. You don't go and hope. You got to test it. But now we've got the evidence of the Pfizer data is coming out. We're seeing that there's more and more cancers. There's more and more uh, autoimmune diseases, and uh, people are getting sterilized. And there's myocarditis. Those things about sudden cardiac unknown. It's only unknown when you do not do an investigation. They're too afraid to do it. I mean, a young fit man, he doesn't need the vaccine. Children don't need it. I've not had one death amongst the 3,000 amongst children. And children, I, I don't think they constituted more than 6%, not because they didn't get COVID. The thing is their immune system is so very good that they don't even need to see doctors. I've seen very few people with Omicron for four and five and even one and two, and even the cracker strain at the moment, because uh, it's a self-limiting thing. It's safer than the cold. What I'm seeing is influenza. So I've got the information. It's frontline. I've got the data. I've got the evidence. So I think South Africa's have been fobbed for too long. The world has been fobbed. And, and I think you need to know something else, that uh, India, uh, Pfizer wanted to go into India. And Pfizer said, do the trial first, and um, you take responsibility for the vaccine. Pfizer said, oh, no, we're not going to do it. And it's 1.4 billion people. Pfizer is a money-making company. It is not interested in your health. Why did they pull out of India? If they were so sure by that time, I'm talking about when America had already got the vaccine, why they should have had enough evidence. Why did they pull out of India? Because India, unlike the US, unlike South Africa, makes it clear when you bring in a trial as a drug company, 
You take responsibility. My concern here, ma'am, is this. When somebody, one of Ricky's patients ends up coming to her and say, look, I've got Ghislaine Barr, I can't work. She's not going to get any compensation. I looked at SAPRA. I looked at where can you report these things? We've been told there's only two cases. Oh, no. People are not told when it's a vaccine-induced thing because a vaccine-induced injury may take up to a year because this is an autoimmune disease. It, it's something that, that, that will take time. Wherever the, the, the spike goes, your body will attack that organ and people will die. If it goes to the brain and you, you can end up with severe uh, brain maladies. But uh, on the whole, I'm there to support the, the legal team with my evidence. And I've, I've written so far over 200 to 400 pages of documentation because I've been eating and drinking this thing, studying it, because I knew the opposition was going to say, oh, I, I'm just some conspiracy theorist. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And I'm prepared to change my stance if somebody proves the evidence. I'm saying loud and clear, there was treatment for COVID. I've treated them. Nobody should have died. Anybody who died was a failure of treatment, and they should be held responsible. And I think those are the people who need to be prosecuted, not people who save lives. Okay. Anyhow, I can go on. I could go on a weekend, but wow. sorry. I... That is a mouthful, tell you what. And uh, with all that you have said, Israel is a case to look at and a very good example where studies can be done. I want to sh pause there a little and indulge you, uh, Dr. Robert and Ricky, on this matter. I think this should be a point of departure, and I'll tell you why, because you're also going to court. An organization has gone to court. They got a court order. Minister Lamini Zuma, I won't say she failed. I'll say she has refused to comply with the court order on the state of disaster information. She has not complied. Yeah. yeah. Nothing has happened. Well, the, the organization that took her there, they are now, um, I believe, working on, um, on, on another case to really have a found guilty of being in contempt of court. What are your thoughts on this? Why will she refuse to divulge and reveal and bring on the information that guided them to take the kinds of uh, decisions they took from 2020 during lockdown? What, what, what is so difficult in bringing that out what could be some of the reasons she's not willing to submit or reveal these several records really well, from 2020 is, you know, yeah. state of disaster decisions thank you um uh, daughter yes uh, we we will now speculate but i think we would be uh some very spot on on that it is obvious that they do not have the documents to support their decisions. They made um, hastily decisions. They've been paid to make these decisions by Big Pharma and Bill and Melinda Gates and whomever, Pfizer, etc. Um, so they do not have um, documents 
that will substantiate the lockdown, that will substantiate PCR testing, and that will substantiate their message to the public in the beginning through the mouth of the president. If you um, think you are sick or if you test positive, go home, isolate, drink painkillers uh, for the pain, and um, and that's all. How hmm. on earth do you advise people in that manner for such a dangerous, according to them, virus or, or, or disease? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So my my take is there is no documents. They the whatever if they present the documents and they say, well, this is the documents, it will be conclusive proof of what we have been saying from myself the second week of COVID, that it's a pandemic, that it was a scam, it's a major fraud, and it's a a, a, um, um, a travesty of justice, what we have been experiencing since March of 2020. Um, it, there's no other um, justification for what they did, and they must pay for it. They must all pay for it, like Dr. Repeater says. It was a major um, plan to to kill people. And if they don't kill you, well, they don't want to kill everybody, but they want to reduce the population, mm. um, either through killing you through the jab or not, um, or not advising you to take proper medication um, for, the, for the virus. And then thirdly, by um, sterilizing the people. Um, so that is that is the three issues that I could have um, um, gathered from from what I saw over the now, three years. And now, um, yeah, if I can come in right there, if they do not have these documents, I mean, during that time when the national state of disaster was declared in March, they said they were basing their decisions and other several um, extensions that were subsequently taken. They said they were basing their decisions based on, um, on scientific evidence and whatever they quoted. Now, where is that evidence? And if they call people like you conspiracy theorists i have been asking the question have the theorist or the conspiracy theorists been proven wrong on everything they had said before because time time is not just a healer but time exposes lies and time also exposes the truth and i think in this case could we safely say that uh, the cons the so-called conspiracy theorists have been uh, vindicated. Well, definitely. Any one of you, please, can I'd go. Say we're not we're not conspiracy theorists. We are critical thinkers. We use our brains. We do not just uh, uh, accept what we we told. We researched everything that that has been told, and we research what has been going on. And um, I mean, there's thousands of doctors internationally and locally who um, does not uh, believe the narrative. And it's uh, because it's a blatant lie. You can see it. It's like daylight. 
and I cannot see how some people cannot see it. But you know, right um, from the start, they said that this vaccines will also affect people's personalities, and um, I do believe that 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 people has been um, indoctrinated or um, you know affected by this vaccine in such a manner that they do not see what is right in front of their eyes. And that is another huge problem. Um, I have heard so many people who said their family members have changed, their personalities have changed. They've become aggressive. Mm -hmm. If the moment you mention or ask whether they had the jab, they immediately, you know, um, in, a, in a fighting um, mood. And or or they just ignore you, or they just say I don't want to discuss it. But not in a in a uh, social way. They aggressive, and that that just shows to me that there is a huge problem with these jabs. It not it, it does not only like Dr. Repeti says. I think there's thousand two hundred known or, or, or in Pfizer report one thousand two hundred um, 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 adverse effects. Mm. But that's not the only ones. That report is an old report. Dr. Repeti and other doctors see more other um, effects that this jab has on, on, on the people. Dr. Robert, what are your yeah. thoughts on all of this? Well, firstly, when they said that they got the signs to back the lockdown, that's absolute rubbish because remember, it was released in around about <laughs> March or April. So where's, the, so where's the studies that came out then to show it? If anything, I will tell you boldly, what we should have done is let everybody get that one strain because there were these deaths in my practice during that time. And if we had all those people infected with that wild type strain, we would have not had as many deaths as we did because people who got infected with that strain, it was studied in a, 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 a study done in Quartar showed if you had the wild type strain, infection in 2020, you had antibodies that lasted right up until 2020 to 24 months. And I need to stress this. These vaccines, so-called vaccines, they did in that same study, they found within 30 days, it dropped to 50% and within about four months, it was down to zero. In certain instances, it was after six months, you didn't have a vaccine uh, antibodies. So it was ineffective after six months. So what is the point of going and jabbing everybody and you find after six months, it's down to zero and you get a strain a year later, you're not protected. So coming back to your point, this expert committee worked on conjecture. They thought, well, if we all lock ourselves inside away, we don't really stop the virus. That is what stupid old Fauci thought. He didn't work that way because... Uh, uh, you, you can't stop a virus. You, you take the Delta strain. It was so uh, rap uh, rapidly, uh, dividing so rapidly. It was 100 times faster than the original strain. So there was no way you can block it. Let's be real, Miss um, uh, Daughter, that our townships don't have social distancing, for heaven's sake. Where do these uh, Nkosazama live? I have people who live 16 in a three-bedroom home. Okay? Where's the two-meter safe distancing? Well, you talk yes. of cloth masks. That's rubbish. Cloth masks, you take your surgical mask, the opening, there's 600 micron, microns. The size of a virus is five 
So you just putting theater, it's a show, it's a waste of time. It didn't work. So they didn't understand the science. There's no evidence to show social distancing, repeated hand washing, and masking makes a difference because most of our people wearing cloth. That those the openings in that was probably a thousand microns. So it was just a showpiece. It was useless. So they did not do the science. And Kostasan and Zuma did not understand the science. And when she banned cigarettes and alcohol, she made a big mistake. She didn't understand. She came that with a story that, oh, people would, who smoke cigarettes are higher risk. That's not true. This hasn't been proven. She did a disservice because what she was doing, she was using the stick to beat people with a serious alcohol and addiction, uh, cigarette addiction. Do you think that stopped anybody? Cigarettes went up to 400 rands. People sacrificed their light money, their food money to buy cigarettes. This woman didn't understand what she was doing. There was a study done by, uh, well, a paper done by uh, 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 Jay Bhattacharya and colleagues. Three top uh, epidemiologists did the Barrington trial uh, papers. In that they said, it was sometime in uh, 2021 saying that we didn't need these lockdowns because lockdowns actually hurt the small and middle man. They closed down our businesses because 60% of your employment doesn't come from your pick and pay and your checkers. They come from the small businesses. We killed them. America, according to uh, Anthony Fauci, uh, 1 million businesses closed down. So this lockdown hurt us more than it really helped us. And and uh, when, when the Barrington Declaration was put out and and, and and Anthony Fauci and, and his dirty friend Collins went to Facebook and said, we must pull this paper down, and they called them fringe doctors. Today, these guys are right. Anthony Fauci is wrong. And these are the kind of lies we will put up. And our experts, what experts are they talking about? What studies are they talking about? Right now, I mean, when we had Omicron 1 and 2 in, in December of 2021, the Norwegian and Scandinavian countries said this is r running too wild. We can't contain it. We're lifting all lockdowns. So, and they did it. Did anybody die? Well, I can tell you something. Kostasana um, Zuma need to be able to listen to this. In Sweden, or is it Norway? There are 1.9 million students. They did not have any lockdowns in their schools. No separate, no different study patterns. Then you know what? The number of deaths from COVID was far less than those uh, that uh, occurred in America where they had strict lockdowns, masking, and separate school and, and safe distancing. There's your double-blind trial. They don't want to listen to it. So these things really don't work. These experts were playing guesswork, like Deborah Birch of the, the assistant uh, or advisor to President Trump. There's no basis. They need to show us the studies. They killed the economy. They killed this country. There are so many people who lost their homes, lost their jobs because the middle income suffered. I know people yes. who were in the catering business, the hotel business. I mean, the bed and breakfast. We we could have had them. I would have said, in fact, I said when they had Omicron, this was your Christmas present from God. Get a dose of it and within five days you'll be fine and you'll be good to go. Who listened to me? <laughs> Bill, Gates, Bill Gates agreed with me when he was interviewed wow. on German television. He said, well, Bill, what do you think about Omicron? Oh, sadly, the Omicron beat the vaccine. It was like nature's mm. vaccine. Here's a man. He knows nothing about medicine. But mainstream media want to listen to him. They don't want to listen to me. They call Maybe me it's because he's got money. He's got the dollars, the Benjamins, the Mueller. Well, I'm, 
I'm going to tell you why we are in this dwang. Mm. If the big pharma drops, all your universities, all your professors will drop because they depend heavily on their money. So they, and what do these guys provide for these professors? They produce papers upon papers. There's really no new drug that came out. I'm surviving on the drugs that's existing. So I don't think we, we pay these guys too much to do nothing and to get big titles and to strut about the field as if they God's gift to earth. Without them, the world wouldn't end. Sorry, guys like Corey, we, we can do without you. Because, I mean, now, now they, want to take, they want to take on alternative medicines. Do you know the SAPRA in, in New Zealand, they want to control your, your witchcraft medicines. I'm going to say witchcraft, but the Indunas medicines, the medicines that we do, you know, in, yes. in Africa. If it works the in New Zealand. The traditional one. The traditional medicines. The ruling in New Zealand, they've gone wrong. They've gone crazy. This is dictatorial. They said if there's anything that's alternative herbs and that is being used and is successful, it'll come under our wing. I'm mm. a doctor. I don't know herbs. We must know our limitations. They're pushing their limits too much. It's up to the public to stand up and say enough is enough. I mean, I, I, I've met some beautiful people who taught me a lot. I'm humble enough to say I knew bugger all about vitamin D, vitamin C and zinc because the medical profession did not know the right dose. First, they said 400 milligrams. Then they said 1,000. Nobody knew it until the alternative practitioners, I don't like using the word, mm. but a different type of practitioners found. You need 5,000 units a day. That yes. alone can prevent, could have prevented COVID. Washing the nose, 90% of it, you wouldn't have had a problem. Things like Lugol iodine and this crap about ivermectin being horse medicine. This is for the fools. The washing the nose, know. how? If I may jump in there, wash, how do you wash your nose? Is that through steaming? No, no. Steaming is, is silly because it just touches the nose. You want proper salt water. It is, imagine you have a cup in your hand like I'm showing. Yes. You put a bit of salt, you swirl it, you, you turn that water, you turn it in the cup of your hands, and you go... <sighs> And you throw it into your nose. And don't think you're going to drown with a little bit of water in your nose. You jump <laughs> in the bloody sea. Now, let me explain to you. This COVID virus is a respiratory virus. 90% yes. of it sits in, in, in your nose and your, and your throat. When you wash that nose and you clear all that mucus, you're cleaning 90% of that virus. If you wash it with soda bicarb, it's even better. You wash your mouth and throat. They did this in Lucknow with the medical uh, personnel, the healthcare workers. One group did nasal washes and saline goggles, and the other group didn't. Not one who did the nasal washes got uh, COVID. And there were mm. studies like there was black seeds. So these are things that are available that we could use. You could do colloidal silver steaming. And ivermectin, by the way, is the safest drug. It is safer than um, uh, uh, Panado. It's been around for 40 years. Four, million, uh, four billion doses have been used. And it's been used on all the animals for worms. Yes, it has. But it's also been used for scabies. It's a saved river blindness. It won the Nobel Prize uh, for medicine. For, for the, and and the, the two people who, who, who discovered it, Campbell and uh, Omashio, I forget his Japanese name. But it was a bacteria. They discovered it. It worked for river blindness. And it put an end to river blindness. And now they want to tell you you're a horse if you take it. Well, I didn't know that. And that was also not allowed to be used until somebody had to go to court to really force government. Right. 
what, what the point is this, I think your listeners need to know something. We use repurposed drugs. What that means is that the, the WHO encourages doctors to use drugs that have been around. Let us say a drug has been around for 10 years. So we know this drug is safe. And we say, let's try it for something else. You do not have to do a trial on it. Ivermectin has been around for 40 years. So we have every right, if, we, if I think I'm gonna try this drug, nobody should stop me, it's my right. The Alcinkley Declaration makes it clear. In an emergency, the doctor has a right to use anything at his disposal that he thinks that will help his patient provided it is not dangerous. This right was violated by SAPRA, it was violated by governments, it was violated by the law. And nobody can supersede it, not even the HVCSA. If they don't know this, they need to know this. We are part of that Helsinki Declaration, and we had a pandemic, we had a right to use it. And if you're using a tablet, a, a, a medication that is safer than Panado, what is the problem? The criteria to use a drug is whether it's safety, not necessarily whether it works. If you take a thing like remdesivir, that's an, uh, it, it's cost 30,000 rands. That drug is useless after day one. I've said so. Anybody using it after day one is a criminal because after day one, your virus is dead in, from the Delta strain. And then you've got the pneumonia stage. You don't have any virus. So you're giving a toxic drug. And I think we know the story about what remdesivir did. When people got into hospital, they were pretty sick. If they had a pneumonia, remdesivir had no place. So you already compromised your lungs. Remdesivir was knocking their kidneys because they're nephrotoxic. They were going into renal failure. And next thing they were saying, oh, you got a bad pneumonia, shove you into, uh, into an ICU, and then you just died. And, and, and this is what was happening in, in, in America. You got an incentive if you're tested positive. You got an incentive uh, uh, if you got uh, remdesivir. You got an incentive if you went into ICU. You got an incentive if you die. Since when does a doctor get an incentive for, to kill a patient? What rubbish is this? I know what was happening. In a, and I didn't use remdesivir. I cannot afford mm. 30,000. I wouldn't use it. I would always use something more safe. Ivermectin is a very safe drug. And it's been used for other viral infections. It's, I've had patients who got cured of their, of their psoriasis. It's going to be used as an anti-cancer drug. But because it's so cheap, you know, really speaking, we can get this for 20 cents. There's no money to be made. The reason mm. for this vaccine story is Big Pharma needs to make money and to stay alive. You know, the BGs, staying alive. Find a way, find something. Create it. What, what do you think about this, ma'am? What do you think about this? Pfizer wants to mutate a virus, so they're going to create a vaccine. Are these yes. guys sane? Yes. Are these guys sane? That's gain of function. It's illegal. All your lawyers, your judges, your judiciary, what are you doing about this? This is illegal. Where's the doctors? You're not supposed to tamper with nature. When you mutate the virus, they didn't know. Do you know what Bill Gates said? Oh, we didn't know that this virus was not so serious. He said so on TV. We didn't know it will, it, it's not so fatal. Now, this man is a director of Gavi. It's a global alliance against vaccine, uh, virus inter uh, vaccine, with vaccine intervention. He's not a graduate. He's a dropout. He's a useless um, uh, computer scientist. What does he know about medicine? But he's giving us advice. And he then admits, we didn't know it's so serious. So, Bill, why are you pushing this damn vaccine if you knew there was no fatalities and it was not so serious? I'm the mm. doctor. I know it. It's not serious. I'll put my head on a chopping block and tell you nobody was going to die with, um, with Omicron 
five because I've got the treatment, I've got the, the measure of how to do it. And it's a pity. I'm a South African homegrown boy. I had something to teach the world and do a Chris Barnard for the world, but I'm being shoved and called a bloody conspiracy theorist. I'm very happy to be called one because I saved, if conspiracy theorists save people's lives, well, we need a new definition for conspiracy theorists. That's what I am. So yeah. uh, your, expert, your expert committee doesn't know a thing. They can come and debate with me. I'm, I'm ready to take them on. I'll give my services for free. I don't charge Kareem's prices. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, you are dropping bombs. And um, this, this is really serious because you ask yourself a question, which schools did they go to? I mean, because that is the next question we should be asking. I, I will leave that for now and come back to your case, which is... Uh, supposed to sit but here is a predicament with this case just like the one of the minister who has refused to produce not even minutes of the meetings nothing whatsoever and in your case there has not been any response from any of the respondents they have not filed their opposing affidavits why is that the case? Why have they not said anything? They may file later. The, 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 the time for them to file is actually lapsed. Why have they not said anything? Your respondents in this case. Ricky, can we start with you? Um, yes. Thank you, Major Daughter. Yes. The first three respondents filed unsigned papers um, late today after hours um so it's unsigned um the fifth the uh, sapra the fourth uh, respondent and the national treasury the uh, sixth respondent did not file papers um i cannot say why because initially when when we filed the papers um we were notified by the first three respondents that they can only file um, late because the deponent is in Pakistan. Now that is totally unacceptable because we were all over South Africa and we were able to get our affidavits from Cape Town, from Durban, from Tungad, um, from Pretoria, from um, uh, Krugersdorp. All over the country we got our, our um, affidavits. So what 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 prevented them from getting an affidavit from one deponent in, in Pakistan? It could have been sent by courier. It could have been done by Zoom. Any which way, um, you know, so that's a, a lame excuse, I believe. Um, personally, I believe that, um, look, our application is in two parts. It's an A part, is an urgent interdict to stop all vaccinations pending the, the determination of our application in part B, which is which um, the main prayer there is to do an investigation. Uh, because it's our opinion that SAPRA did not investigate these jabs for the need, for the safety and the efficacy. They merely accepted what Pfizer told them. And we know by now, I think everybody saw 
that where you normally get a package insert in medication um, to tell you uh, what is the ingredients, what you can expect, what you should not do when you take it or, or, or what other medication you should not do. In this instance, it was not there. The package insert was blank. Pages, mm -hmm. uh, a long page that was folded up um, with blank, nothing on that, on that thing. So nobody knew what to expect. No person who injected anybody could have given that person enough information so that they could have been informed consent. Um, my personal opinion is that government cannot dispute the allegations that we made in our application. Yes. Because it's an application, um, it's uh, they normally say, but oh yeah, you've got a problem. If there's a dispute of fact, then you're going to lose or it will have to go to evidence. But we're not asking the court now in part A to decide that the vaccines are ineffective and or unsafe. We merely said there's more than enough evidence that we have presented to show that there's a huge problem and that that problem must be used depend on it and 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 the the way in in um which we which it should be dealt with is an investigation the court must give us an order that uh, there must be an investigation into the efficacy and safety of the jabs and since we do not trust the government, we do not want them to do the investigation independently. It must be in conjunction with our experts. So our, we will have a team of experts. Government can have their team of experts. And the, the two teams must work together and then bring out a joint expert uh, report for purpose of the court's decision then in the end. And then it's not necessary to burden the court with books and books of evidence and reports and affidavits. Um, we merely wanted to create the um, uh, um, situation where the court can say, no, but there's something wrong and it's necessary because people's lives depend on it, that it must be investigated. That cannot be refused. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a duty of SAPRA, which they did not comply with. It's a duty of the president to ensure that he complies with his oath of office. The same with the Minister of Health. And um, uh, they haven't done that. And we are entitled to have an investigation to protect the citizens of South Africa. Now, save for the investigation that we've asked for, we also ask that um, any person who died after having received the jab, um, there must be an autopsy done. I don't know if you will remember that in the beginning they said no autopsies should be done, done on people who had COVID. And in the beginning, people at the hospitals, when somebody died, they were dragged out in body bags and 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 the the medical staff was wearing has um, hazmat suits. Do you still see it? No. <laughs> that was no. all just a farce. It was a smokescreen, and um, no autopsies were done. But they were able all of a sudden, which scientists um, in pre twenty twenty could not have done. Um, without an autopsy, they determined that people died from COVID. Now, 
when people started asking questions, but why, how can you say this person died from COVID? Because he died in a vehicle accident. He just um, tested uh, positive when he was tested. Um, then they started saying, okay, from COVID and with COVID. What, how did they determine from COVID and with COVID? I'm not a scientist, but I can see through this. It is ridiculous. No one can believe that. And um, in the same fashion, there's so many other questions that one can ask. You can blow holes in, in these stories. So I would love to see the experts of the government in a witness box and how they are going to um, try and, and, and justify what they have been doing. They will not be able to. They will definitely um, fail in a, in a witness box in court. And we all that we ask is for a proper hearing, for the for the court to have an open eye and ear and heart for the for the people of South Africa. We're not paid to fight this fight. In actual yes. fact, we work almost for free. Um, some of our expenses are paid. So we're doing it for South Africa. There's no big mogul um, with lots of money behind us. There's not somebody who promises us, if you win this case, we'll, we'll, we'll give you this and that. Yes. So no bribes or anything. On the other hand, from the government side, we have submitted a very um, um, damning affidavit from Dr. Fahri Hassan, who is a molecular biologist, who did an thorough um, um, research on how compromised all the um, role players in this COVID scam is uh, in respect of the monies they've received from top um, and, you know, also sales mainstream media. They're all part of BlackRock. So what they say is um, uh, given to them, uh, spoon fed to them. They're not allowed to go beyond what they what they're allowed to say and that's why we have difficulty in getting publicity and that is why we so appreciate your um offer to give us your platform because the public must be informed they're uninformed and the yes. government zoom in on the people who are ignorant on the people in the rural areas on kids i mean look at the da who in Cape Town last week promised um, uh, or, or lured children to come for vaccinations and then they can have a 30-minute um, uh, um, TV games or, or, or um, internet okay. games after the, the vaccine. That is coercion. That's, that's criminal. And how can it be allowed? It just it just boggles the mind. It's, it's people have become demonic. That is that is the only way I can describe it. Wow, demonic, demonic, you say. And um, I, I want to come to you, Doctor Robert. This is um, something else. There are those who say uh, vaccines. Um, are not harmful. Actually, they've helped so many. Doctors are divided. Lawyers are divided. Scientists are divided. Why do you think that is the case? Why can't you all 
I mean, divided right to the middle because their doctors are saying, you, you can't say these are harmful. Well, you see Dr. Wunstazen, for example, who has also filed an affidavit with you, Ricky, with these organizations, bringing evidence and cases that he has treated and dealt with. He says uh, they are seeing, um, he, he says he has been seeing this is now the doctor who's also part of this uh, case was stays in. He says he's been seeing medical conditions that he has never seen before. Meaning these are strange medical conditions that he can't relate with as a medical doctor. But their doctors are saying these vaccines have helped our patients. Why is this division there? Why are scientists divided? Why are the doctors divided? And this doctor is in KwaZulu-Natal. We cannot ignore him. And we also cannot ignore those ones that are saying, I have full part. And this is a big part. Here's what makes me really be on fire about this. We have doctors and scientists who are being silenced. Or their views and their own opinions are silenced, taken down. They are, whatever they say is taken down, labeled as conspiracy theories sometimes by other doctors and other scientists. Is it the plan of the enemy to divide the world and turn everybody against each other? And what could be the solution? Are you in agreement with Dr. Wurstazen, the one from uh, KwaZulu-Natal. Well, I hope I got his name right, but it doesn't really matter. Anyone can go check these. These are in court papers, court documents. He says he has been meeting medical conditions he cannot relate with. This is a doctor who's been practicing for years. Do we look away? He said there's another conspiracy theory. In fact, even if it's just one case, it's enough for us to raise our eyebrows. Dr. Robert? Yeah, look, the division has been uh, planned by Big Pharma. And you're going to find people that are working in uh, private institutions have been mm. gagged. Like Professor Paul Marrick is one of the leading infectious disease specialists. I'll have you know he's an ex-South African, but he's working in the U.S. He's one of the most cited specialists. But because he wanted to use repurposed drugs like ivermectin he was barred from his hospital and um, so that's the one side big business took over the management of healthcare we we become the sidekicks that's the one thing the second thing i'm sorry to say this a large number of doctors are pretty ignorant because they're not following the science just as i made myself made the got in touch with the information because i was curious like Ricky said, we're critical thinkers. I mean, when I was lying in my hospital bed, recovering from a heart attack, I said, I'm going to find a way to save my patients because I'm not going to go back there and tell them, go home. And by God, I thought about it. I applied myself. I listened to people all over the world. We're not hearing great names like Zelensko. He's a great family physician. He came mm. up with his triple theory of zinc, hydroxychloroquine and vitamin D. And he saved lots of people. Jackie Stone, not one death. 
in Zimbabwe with colloidal silver, doxycycline, ivermectin, no oxygen. So these things are not being heard. And then there are doctors who just don't think. So uh, we're not divided because we've got a point of view. I want somebody mm. to tell me that I'm talking rubbish that the vaccine is safe. Then he must explain to me the 70,000 deaths. He must explain to me the 3 million side effects. He must explain to me the 85% miscarriages. He must explain to me why there's 2.5% children getting myocarditis. He must explain to me why people who, who have good natural immunity need a vaccine. This, I'm going to say yes. loud and clear. If you had an infection, it's absolute rubbish. And I'm quoting Mike Eden. Mike Eden, Professor Mike Eden, worked for Pfizer. He knows the ins and outs of Big Pharma. And he's come out quite clear. Big Pharma is not interested in you and me. They're interested in profit. And they'll buy you off. And so most of our doctors, it seems, listen to mainstream media, which is the wrong place to listen to it. They uh, listen to um, read journals, medical journals. This is going to shock you, my daughter, that 80% of the articles in medical journals are fake. This was mm. said in 2015 by a junior editor or sub-editor of The Lancet. He says there's too cozy a relationship between uh, scientists writing these articles and Big Pharma. So they're not, they, you got to read between the lines. You know, you, I mean, so often you get people say, try this cough medicine, that cough medicine, it works. You know, we, they want to randomize double-blind control trial. I want to bore your listeners. That is not necessary. They use that as a, as a yardstick to discredit ivermectin. I'll have you know, Uttar Pradesh in India has got 240 million people, almost the size of, of America. They gave prophylactic ivermectin, vitamin D, and vitamin C, uh, and zinc. Their death rate went down to zero. But America has got shamefully with the highest medical bill, one million deaths. And as Professor McCulloch said, there was 95% too many deaths. I would say 100%. So ivermectin could have been worked. It was worked in Delhi. It worked in, in, in Goa mm. when they had a crisis. They, 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 you can't use a vaccine when you've got an infection. For heaven's sake, how stupid is that? You don't use a vaccine then. Peru had the same thing. And the proof there was when they used it prophylactically, the, the, the hospital beds were empty. They had a new president who was opposed to ivermectin because he too was captured. And, and what happened? The numbers spiked. So you want to know how we divided because of corruption, ignorance, and a few critical thinkers. And unfortunately, we few critical thinkers are not getting a voice unless we have a platform like yours. I mean, look at you. I've been treating it for over, uh, you know, uh, three years. People know me from, from the U.S., but you in South Africa don't know about my work. I can, I've taught American doctors 2 o'clock in the morning about how to treat COVID. So I, I think it's our education system. You know, it's monkey see, monkey do. What the professor says, we listen. And I was a daredevil. If the professor didn't make sense, I didn't listen to him. You know, so, and I think that distinguishes me and colleagues like me in why we find, it is the critical thinkers will find yes. solutions to difficult problems, not the rote learners, you know, monkey see, monkey do. I'm afraid 
web training doctors will listen to the big bass on the top. If he says jump, and we've got to say how high, you can't. You, you know, we've got the worst uh, dictatorial professional in, in, I think, in the world. You go against your professor, you're not going to get your postgraduate degree, which is a disgrace. You know, I'm a philosopher, and I mm. say, you're confident, you're intelligent, you'll even listen to a child. You will not be afraid to be taught by a child. It is only the diffident, the ones that are weak, that are afraid to listen to an opposing views. I'm prepared to be told you're talking rubbish. Prove it to me, and I'll say thank you. I've been following, but how many professors are willing to do that? Go look at their research. Any of that research is benefiting man. And who, who gives these professors this money for this research? Big Pharma. And yes. if they don't sing the tune, dance to the tune of Big Pharma, they wouldn't get their money. They want to get papers published so they look big. Man, we don't want papers. We want ideas. We want solutions to save humanity. I don't want to start being in big lights in in newspaper in journals to say I've written 100 articles. I'm the most. Uh, if you did one thing good for society, you've achieved a lot. Yes. But if you made a, wrote in 100 articles that can't save a rat's backside, you wasted time and money. And I'm afraid that's what many of these professors are guilty of. And I'm afraid these big farmer as being responsible for these their opulent lifestyle. These are the guys who drive the four by fours, the Porsches, and have uh, not that I have anything against them. Get um, any amount of money, but get it honestly. But don't do this bullshit of, of selling big farmers rubbish. I've attended many lectures, my, Mrs. my daughter, you know, uh, given by uh, by specials from overseas, flown over. It's a lot of tripe. I can see right through there. They, they, these guys, to a large extent, are glorified salesmen mm. of big farmer. They're not professors. They're glorified salesmen selling rubbish. Half your medicines are useless. I'm a toxicologist, by the way. When I say that I'm an addiction specialist, I do not use a lot of medicines. Let me give you one example. One example. We all know Nuzac or Prozac. It's been around for 40 years. They said, it's your serotonin levels too low. Well, 40 years down the line, they did a study and they compared the serotonin levels of the depressed and those that were not depressed. It was the same, debunking the theory that serotonin is a cause of your depression. And how many uh, antidepressants haven't been sold? And I mean, I, I do psychiatry in my practice. I'm a family physician. I treat everything. You know, Karim just looks at uh, data and he looks at little things, organisms, a microscope. I see people. I see hearts. Experts see organs. You know, my, my, I had a patient today with stage four cancer, liver, uh, lung, but he's doing very well. He says, doctor, you spend more time with me than my expert was charging me 3,000. I said, yeah, to him, you're a lung. To me, you're Mr. McCreel. There's a difference. And that's what we need in this world. Proper, compassionate doctors. I use very little antidepressants. So here's one example of the amount of lies Big Pharma has been delving into. So uh, I think doctors need to be more critical. They need to stand their ground. They need to be on the side of the patients. At the end of the day, it's not Big Pharma provides for you. It is your patients that make you relevant. Without your patients, you are not relevant. And without your patients' trust, you get nobody better. And I'm afraid... Doctors are too few 
who've come out and stood up. I can understand people are being gagged. I'm not saying they're all bad. But here's my point. If you cannot speak it, you can think it. You mm. cannot keep quiet and say, it's okay. Okay, you can't open your mouth. But don't agree and say, please take the jab. Up until today, I had a whopping argument with a young GP. Oh, said, oh, Sapra is saying so. God, I said, do you know how Sapra is being funded by Bill Gates and Melinda Gates? Why are they being funded by Big Pharma? They shouldn't be. They must be funded by tax money or something like that. Because when you're funded by Big Pharma, how can you oversee them? It's like me guarding a criminal who pays me to look after him. Yes, I'm going to give yes. him all his dacha and all his stuff. It, it, it's now in the open. I'm not being outlandish. I'm not dropping bombshells. It's open to the blindest person, the corruption that's hitting this world. And, this, and it is salvageable. We can make a difference. And I'm calling on doctors who want to make a difference. You must take your, stake your place in running healthcare. Not politicians, not big pharma. We, we decide whether we want to use their drugs. They must push it down our throat. So we're not really divided by anybody, but we're corrupted. Yeah, there are lots of corruption going on in medicine. I now realize I'm, 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 I'm disappointed you know, when I think about those professors who taught me. How many of them were not telling me bull because they were told paid to pay this rubbish? I mean, when a drug incidentally works very well and makes no money, they put it out. There's a simple cheap drug called reserpine for hypertension. It costs almost two cents. It works better than a lot of these expensive drugs, but they put it out. Same thing for psychosis. You've got drugs that are now being selling for 1,000 rands, but we had a drug that was only selling for 20 cents. You can't get it. So I'm appealing to the government, can we investigate this thing? Because our people cannot afford a 1,000 rand drug when a 20 cent drug can work. And I incidentally don't use antidepressants. I'm a thinker. It don't work, I don't use it. I use mind power, teaching the mind, and, and you know what? It has worked. Your depression is in your mind, how you deal with situations. How is popping a pill going to take your depression away when you can't sort the problem in your home? You need, you, you, you unemployed, you need a job. That's your antidepressant, not a bloody news act. But anyhow, yeah, so we're not divided. I, I wish we'd come, you know, uh, come together on this. And we GPs have never been given an audience. I mean, I've discovered so many things, but it'll go in the grave to me because there's no journal that will publish me. They make it so complicated. You know, so it's, uh, it's the world at large suffers because how many, I'm not the only one. GPs throughout the world are seeing new things. They're discovering things. But they're not being heard because we are right at the bottom. There's one thing I don't think myself less in front of a, a Mr. Karim. We all got a brain. How many of us use it? <laughs> I feel if you do. Yes. Well, government has renewed the, their efforts to vaccinate South Africans against COVID, as you all know, and the highly transmittable Kraken, as you put it yeah. very well is to say that uh, that name came from did you say from from a cartoon i don't know no it's actually a sea animal but you see the idea if you look at the narrative this is all corruption if you look at the word kraken 
When you hear, what do you think? Oh, it's cracking. It's dangerous. Can you see the marketing in that? Frightening. Yes. Scare. That's the fear mongering. That is all. And this is really a variant. It's not even a strain. The WHO says COVID is a serious disease. Well, I'm going to say this through your channel. There are a bunch of bloody idiots. COVID is not a disease. It's an umbrella term to incorporate all the different strains of corona. And under that different strains, you got mild and you got severe. So how can you say COVID is a serious disease? You talk of a particular strain. And, and, and uh, when you've got no deaths, why do you need a vaccine? And by the way, why are we using the Pfizer vaccine? It was supposed to be work for the alpha and beta strain. Didn't work for the delta strain. Never worked for the Omicron, saying 100% resistant to it. So what are you getting the vaccine for? For a virus that's gone? I've never heard of this. Maybe in Kosasan, Azuma, and perhaps Karim can tell me if we're going to get a, re- a revival of the Omicron, uh, the alpha strain. First time in my history of medicine, I hear a strain that is just finished and gone, comes back. Hmm. So there's absolutely, if, if, this vaccine is effective against the Kraken. Why did then Pfizer go and spend all that money to create a bivalent vaccine? The bivalent vaccine as something uh, against the, uh, to protect you against Omicron. Does it make any sense? They make us because they realized that the original vaccine was not going to work against Omicron. So they came with a bivalent. But our government, in its crazy mind, wants to spend all this money to use a vaccine that's going to protect you against nothing but give you 101 side effects. I, I don't think you guys realize that they did a study in Thailand on children. It was about 3,000 children. And they and it's a prospective study. It's the first and only study. And SAPRA's not done anything like this. They gave them the vaccine. They first did all the studies on them before the vaccine. And they followed it up. Within three weeks, 20% of them had cardiac problems. 2.5% had myocarditis. And if anybody tells me myocarditis is my, he's talking to his nostrils. Because myocarditis is a serious disease. It's an inflammation of the lung. Once it's provoked and, 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 and it, through strain, you can get sudden cardiac death. You can get heart failure. And you can get a heart attack. Because it's two ways. It works as an inflammation and an effect of the vessels. So we've got the evidence. Why would you want to use a vaccine that doesn't work and give you side effects? If I did a calculation, ma'am, if you are 2.5% of the children getting myocarditis, in a 10 million population, that's 250,000 children that are going to end up crippled. Mm. If they don't die, they'll never be able to play sport. Against a virus that's got no complications, will give you protection for almost two years. Let them get to court and we'll tell them this. Let's hope you have a judge that will listen to me and not put his earphones on and block me. But (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank God you are going to court because who has come out to say that um, people should start using the mask again in public places and other places? Uh, Well... Ricky, what have you got to say about that? You, know, you want to stop the vaccination campaign until full investigation by the independent experts is concluded. Yes, um, that's not a strange request because that is how it should be. 
you cannot just um, distribute medication or vaccines and and um, administer it to to human beings without having properly investigated it before. You know, normal vaccines. I'm not too sure of the time, but it, it took about ten years that they right. went through trials before they are administered to people. Um, but now this one was administered to, like within three months. Um, that is totally ridiculous. And I believe all the mice that they tested it on died. The bottom yeah. line is, why do you want a vaccine? And this is not the vaccine that we know, um, like the polio or the measles vaccines. This is an mRNA vaccine. And Dr. Rapiti can, can give you more information on, on what that means. Um, but the basics is that it it releases spike proteins in your body, which which causes a, a, a can cause a serious allergic reaction. And you can some people have died just shortly after the vaccine. Um, you know, like they're still there where they in the vaccination center for an hour or three or the next day, as a result of the of of the um, strength of the vaccine that they've received. Um, I'm always saying, people say to me that, some people say to me, but I got the vaccine, I'm okay. Then I said, yes. Taking the vaccine is like playing Russian roulette. You don't know if you're going to get the, the lethal bullet. And um, people also do not know that whoever administer the vaccines must um, mix it themselves. They get a vial of the the um, vaccine and then they get um, saline, which they must mix together in a, in in the um, syringe. So now, if someone gives you more of the vial and less saline, it's going to be more um, um, dangerous, maybe, or, or, or giving you more um, um, of the potent um, substance. Um, whereas um, there was that story about the German, I think it's a German nurse, who gave saline to all the uh, people in the old age home because she knew that what, there was a problem with the vaccines and she didn't want to give them the potent vaccine. Um, so there's many, many um, uh, things to consider when, when you say that you are okay after the vaccine. And it also doesn't mean that you are okay after the vaccine. Some of the um, adverse effects may come very late, like after a month or a year. The, I think it's Dr. Dolores, Dolores Cahill says, um, everybody who got the vaccine will die in five years. Well, I, that's a, that's a, um, uh, I think a dangerous thing to say, but yes. Um, Dr. Rapiti will also be able to explain that, but um, and I I also say say to the people they don't want to kill all the people they only want to depopulate. It's a method for depopulation, not to extinct and and kill everybody on Earth. Um, so and I, I saw a video of another doctor that says one of the reasons why you will have people um with different um um reactions to the to the vaccine is um apparently when you your body is very acidic your reaction to the vaccine will be different than someone who's 
um, pH is, is normal. Um, then also in respect of, you may have um, comorbidities, which another person doesn't have. And yes. then your comorbidities will be um, affected and or made more serious with the vaccine. It's like, how many people have you heard who was in remission with cancer? And after the vaccine, their cancer just flared up as if uh, you've put on a light switch. And then within a few months, the people die. I have heard of so many of those people that it is actually shocking that people can't see the writing on the wall. So that is just some of the factors, but I'm sure Dr. Repeaty's got more information on that because people often say to me, um, um, what are you? Are you a doctor? How can you say this? I say, well, like Dr. Repeaty say, you're an expert because you've done research, not because you have a degree behind your name. Yes. And as an, an attorney, it's my duty. I must know the medical stories and I must know the legal stories so that I can help my clients because I have to advise them on whether they have a case. And if I don't know anything about the medical part of it, I cannot properly advise them. So mm. that is uh, uh, the story. And Dr. Robert, before you answer that, I want to also bring up something here that was said by the virologist and director of the Center for Epidemic Response at Stellenbosch University. She says, um, more booster shots should be uh, administered to prevent the spread of the Kraken. What have you got to say about that? I mean, like I, like I said before, I don't know who's the, from, from Stellenbosch. I'm going to quote because they don't like GPs telling them this because we, well, Michael Yeadon and uh, I think it was uh, Shukarat Bhakti who said this, that um, natural immunity is firstly far superior. And, and secondly, uh, Kraken is a uh, very safe infection. There's no deaths. How do you assess whether an infection is serious or not? By the number of deaths, the amount of hospitalization. And for me, is there treatment for the complication? And I'm saying it categorically. Yes, yes, from the Stellenbosch professor, I can treat them. You can't. I can. So when you've got treatment, you've got a safe strain. You don't need a booster. Well, here's some information for this professor. They found that, and this is coming from Eden again. And by the way, Eden is a immunologist. So let's not poo-poo about it and think this is some rat from somewhere. This guy knows his work. The more boosters you use, it starts destroying your natural innate immunity. What that means is, let us say you had a million soldiers. The more boosters you get, eventually that number of soldiers start dropping down. And, and, and we call that vaccine-induced AIDS. So it's a very dangerous thing. You find that the people that are getting COVID are the ones who are getting the boosters. The second thing I need to share, share with you, doesn't he know how many boosters are you going to give? Because each time you give the vaccine, this is not a vaccine, so I can be called an anti-vaxxer. Show me the vaccine and, I'm, and then I will tell you whether I'm an anti-vaxxer. Now, the thing is this, when he says, you need more boosters. I told you, 
in the quartile study dealing with 290,000 uh, people, they found that once you give the vaccine, after three months, it's below 50%. And by about six months, it's zero. So are you going to give a boost every six months? Is ignoring the fact and the evidence is there. The people with the most boosters are the ones that are getting the most COVID infection. And that's coming from the Office of National Statistics in the UK. So he must give me data to say people must get more and more boosters. What's he trying to be a salesman? Buy one and get one free? Now that's, that's reckless. If you get Kraken strain, you can thank your lucky stars because you've got a, a mild strain. Like his Gabby director, Bill Gates said, it's banana from heaven because it's nature's vaccine. Well, it is because you've got no side effects. You don't die from it. He must show me how many, it's been around from November. Uh, you know, from, it's been around. And that is three, uh, it's almost three months now. Now I've been doing COVID long enough. Within three months, your strains are over because you've got natural immunity. So I don't think it's a problem. We don't need to protect against anything. I, don't, I, I do not agree with him at all. You do not need boosters. You, if you get Kraken, you're going to be fine. It's just a variant of Omicron 5. And I actually think, and the blood bank did a study, 90% of South Africans have got natural immunity. And Yedin and all the immunologists agree that nothing can compare with natural immunity. There's another immunologist, Professor Robert Clancy. He says, you cannot compare an artificial antigen to a natural antigen. So I don't agree with that. It's dangerous. Those who take it are going to be at higher risk of, for complications. And Ricky wanted me to talk about how the uh, spike vaccine is so dangerous. And it's now very clear what the spike protein does is it causes an autoimmune disease. And I think for your listeners, we need to explain this. Wherever the spike lands, wherever it touches, the, the body's antibody sees the spike as an antibody. So what it does, instead of attacking the spike, it attacks the cell. And that is how you get myocarditis in the heart. If it gets to the brain, you get the psychosis, and you get, if it affects the nerves, you would get something like Guillain-Barre, shooting pain. If it affects the ovaries, you get sterile. So it's an autoimmune or, or auto, yeah, it's an autoimmune disease. It's just like AIDS. So what I mean, it's so risky. Like, I agree with Professor Cahill. There is a risk if you take too many of these things, because what the body does, it is turned into a factory producing more and more spike. So we don't know what's going to be the level of the spike. So you're going to be, you get one jab. It would seem, why do you need more jabs? Because your body has become converted into a factory producing vaccines. Spike. So why would you want to use it extraneously? But the point here is that even though you have an increase in the amount of spike, you don't have the necessary amount of antibodies. Like I say, there comes a time when your natural in immune system gets depleted. If you don't die from COVID, you'll die from somebody coughing into your lungs and you haven't got the immune system to fight an ordinary flu. So that, that, those are the problems. I don't agree with him. And uh, South Africans want to use his title and Stellenbosch. I think we must ask who funds him. 
And why would you use, uh, Professor, a vaccine that was meant for the alpha strain mm. when Pfizer's got the bivalent strain? Why? And the bivalent strain was only tested on eight people and we're not in an emergency situation, sir. Why would you use an emergency vaccine? Ought not to have gone back to the lab and been tested for five years? That is how it's supposed to be. And why is, if it is so safe and effective, why have they been given indemnity? Pfizer's got billions of dollars that they made. What, what about compensation? Why aren't we allowing autopsy, like Ricky said? The best way to prove uh, causalgia is autopsy. Well, German studies have done it. No, I don't agree with him. I don't buy that story. I don't need to be an expert virologist or immunologist, and but I can teach him a thing or two. Huh, Ricky? Let's... <laughs> let, <laughs> do you want to say something on that? Because uh, we, we're almost at the tail end, really, and thank you so much for your time. But look, this is a very necessary conversation, and I'll, I'll allow you to go now and share your thoughts. And my other question would be, what are you really um, expecting from the court? Now, we know some of your prayers. We have gone through some of your prayers, what you're asking the court to do. But what do you think are your chances based on this court case of Minister Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma, who has refused, and I say refused again because... She did not fail. Where are the documents? Where are the minutes? What guided every single process of every single decision that they took? They had meetings. Where was there nobody taking notes there? I mean, we have recorders now that can record, and then we have transcriptions. I mean, technology has made so many things so easy. Ricky Erasmus. Thank you, Major Daughter. Yes, I am... Positive. I believe that we have very good um, evidence and no one can ignore that evidence unless at their own peril. I believe that justice must be done and that South Africa is entitled to be treated um, just and I believe our courts um, will listen to us and I believe that justice will be done in the end. It will be a huge fight. We realize that um, because they have a lot to lose. It will, it's not only um, in their, in their um, official capacity, but in their personal capacities also, because it will, uh, the, the end result of this case um, will result in the pe people realizing that they have been taken for a ride, that they've been defrauded by the government, and that uh, the corruption in respect of this COVID lockdown and vaccines are extremely um, bad. And um, the president goes on TV and says they're going to do anything in their power to stop corruption but this COVID scam is a huge um, uh, form of corruption. And um, we believe that we need the public to, to, to support us. If we, do, if we do not get what we want in the courts, then the public will have to go to the streets. And then the public will have to make the difference because in the end, it's their lives that's at stake. And I believe that these vaccine um, um, 
bosses, manufacturers um, are trying to play God. We know that with the mRNA, they're trying to change your DNA. And um, yeah, I believe God is, is behind us. And what they are trying to do is, uh, is definitely ungodly. And they will not get away with it. Um, even even though they believe that they, they will get away with it, I know they're not going to get away with it. And even though we are only a small group of people, we're seven people who are tackling the government, mm. together with expert witnesses who are behind us. But we're a group of seven people who has managed to put this case together and go to court with no funds. So, all we ask from the public, please, if you can donate, if it's 10 rand, 50 rand, 100 rand, doesn't matter how much. If you cannot donate, help, help, support us, change other people's lives, empower them with knowledge. And um, if you don't have the information, contact us, we will help you to help other people. And stand up for your rights. Do not allow this abuse of human rights. And thank you, Major Daughter, again for, for giving us this opportunity. And I hope we'll see you soon again with very good news about our joy in the court. Yes, and thanks, Gazilon, for that. And all those looking for those details to donate, check the links in the description and the details in the description. But also visit those websites and make sure you make your voice heard. It could be through your money. It could be anything. And I always say, if you're believing in something, put your money on it. If you believe in something, put your name on it. Right? Well, Dr... Uh, Robert, I now come to you. Look, one of the things that I would like you to do before you go, if you could take some time to really uh, tell the viewers and listeners what can be done or what they can do or follow to boost their immune system. Like someone who wants to really stay on the positive and not act based on what is now being said around you. But we want to have and remain with strong immune systems. Like daily. Bringing you the good news all day long. You, you, you were tuned in to the hottest station on the planet. On the planet. <laughs> Keep it locked. The other thing I want to say is that you want to know how we should boost our immune system. That You don't need to do too much. I, I, we don't do too much. We, we don't do enough of exercise. If if you can do just 30 minutes of brisk walking, you don't need to go to gyms. It'll do a hang of a lot for your memory, for your mind, and prevent Alzheimer's. 30 minutes of that. Healthy eating, not too much of meat. Just And, and I, I devised an eating plan, which is they now call it intermittent. But I dis discovered this plan about 13 years, and I called it prolonged abstinence from food, PATH. You eat in the morning, cooked food, and at 3 o'clock, and after that, from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 6 in the morning, you don't eat. So you're 13 hours. So what you're doing is you're allowing your body to get rid of toxins. The things you can do is if you get a cold, don't get frightened. You get a cold or a sore throat, wash your nose with salt water. If you can get povidone iodine, 
you know, it's Lugol's ID, it's Povidon ID. That's a very good antiseptic, antibacterial. These, if you kill it in the nose, uh, you, you, you're saving yourselves. And I'm going to be out of business. But anyhow, I'm, I'm telling you what you could do. Then in, in, and, and 80% of our people are vitamin D deficient. They didn't know that. It is the obese, the elderly, and the darker skin. And, and people working indoors. The majority of us work indoors. So I think every one of us is, is vitamin D deficient. And vitamin D is very important. I'm not going to go into the details of it. We're running out of time. But zinc is important, and so is vitamin C. It's an antioxidant. It, 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 it deals with the, uh, the antibodies or your, your cells that have gone a little out of uh, texture. So you, you want to get rid of those things. So those are the basic things. And laugh more. We don't do that. How can you laugh with a mask, Mr. Ramaphosa? Because laughter is probably the best way of bringing up your immune system. <laughs> and the next thing is, you guys want to burn the midnight oil and all that rubbish? You need eight hours of sleep. Eight hours. Mm. Men out there, you have less than eight hours of sleep. You're going to have the testosterone levels of a man 10 years older than you. That should shrink your testes if it doesn't shrink your brains. You need eight hours of sleep, good food. Don't overeat stuff. Uh, don't eat all your cereals. And now, about the court case, we're not going in for a fight. I want the government to know that. We're going in for a nice, educated debate. And let's see which side wins. We are both going to do it for South Africa. We're saying you're wrong, and you're saying you're right. Let's see who's right. And I'm appealing to the courts, to the judges, because all the judges in the world are now turning the tide and, and seeing the signs for what it is, and are, and are giving employees the right not to be vaccinated. So I would like to see our judges, our judiciary, show some spine, listen to the case, because we've got one of the best constitutions in the world. It means nothing if there's no transparency. It means nothing if there's no honesty. It's nothing if there's no open debate. Do you know? The WHO has made it clear that they are not going to support human rights. How disgusting mm. is that? That's my next target, uh, Captain, my daughter. It's, uh, I want to see the WHO removed. They're not representative of us. <laughs> we don't need them. We can form our own policies. We don't yes. need to be dictated by Ted Ross. So there is no fright. There's no COVID because this is safe. Stop worrying. We must start living. We've had too much of fear mongering. Don't buy the, uh, the, the, the narrative. And lastly, this fight is not about me. It's not about Ricky. It's about you, the public. Your backs are against the wall, against an institution. If you're scared to give her 20 rands from your cigarette money, then you deserve to be punished by what they have in store for you. They're going to take you with their vaccines. They're going to disown you. We're not even gone to the part of the new world order, the World Economic Forum, where they're going to take over our government. I don't think our government runs us. We're going to be run by remote control from the UN. So this is your fight. And your fight is going to be shown if we see those 20 rands come into it. If we get 200,000 people out of 60 million people giving us 20 rands, we've got enough money, not only for this case, our mission is not about just fighting the vaccine. Our vision, mission is not to win the case only. Our mission is to help those vaccine injured, 
because the government's doing nothing. So if you keep the money pouring in, I can assure you it'll go to these people because these people are maimed in their young 30s. They can't work. Their lives are destroyed. So we need to make a plan. In any event, pals, the public, I'm talking to you, you don't give it to our fund which can help these people. You're going to give it to the government in your tax money to give you a jab that will screw you. So you make that decision, not too hard. Go help the people who need it, not the government that's giving you a hard time. So I appeal to them. I'm not going to beg you for it. This is your fight. You want to be part of it. Put your money where your mouth is. We don't want the big moguls. We want people with heart who believe in what we're saying and who want to come forward and help us. If we fail because we didn't have money, South Africa, you failed us because we had a good case. We don't have numbers, my daughter. We don't. We have the science, and we got a whole lot of science, and we've got a thousands of scientists backing us and supporting us. Mahatma Gandhi got the independence of India not because he was surrounded by moguls and by uh, uh, intellectuals. He did it with his integrity, with his conscience, and he had the people behind us. We may be few, but we have numbers if we have you, the public, behind us. Are you in it or are you out? Tonight, when you go and sleep, you decide what you where you want to be, including you, Miss Madonna. Mm. Well, to all our viewers and listeners, it is not yet Uhuru. The scars left by the lockdowns of 2020 are still in our hearts. The loss of lives and the livelihood, the sufferings, the the economic. Uh, sufferings that are being experienced and the world continues to be in pain. If you could do anything, start with that donation. The link is in the description. If you can't find anything there, ask for it and it shall be given. If you believe in this cause and what they're advocating for, show that you believe with your money, your support, and put your name on it, really. If every one of us could spread this message, it will really assist. It is not yet Uhuru. And Dr. Robert says, stop the fear-mongering. Stop it already. says, stop. It's over. Now we've got to get everything back on track and right, really. Dr. Robert, thanks, Gazilun Times, for your time and for sharing your wisdom with every single one of us and those who listen later, those who watch later, I think this is going to go a long way. It's going to be a reference point for the longest time ever. Ricky Erasmus, as you prepare for this court case, what will be your parting shots, your last word? Here's an opportunity to say something to South Africans, say something to neighboring countries, nations of the world, it is a global phenomenon. It's not just a South African thing. This is global. And the more voices rise and say the scars are still here and we're not going to be quiet about it, the better. Ricky, the mic swings to you. So you will, you, Thank you, you will take us out. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All I want to say is... Um, people will say, well, how do you think you as seven people can do this? I say, well, we're David against Goliath. We do not fear. Nobody will create any fear in us. 
and we want to ask the people please pray for us that is what we need the most prayer and support thank you bringing you the good news all day long you you, you were tuned in to the hottest station on the planet on the planet keep it locked